0: Hello, and welcome to the Beautiful Business Podcast. Beautiful business is a community for leaders who believe there's a better way of doing business. We believe beautiful businesses are led with purpose by people who care, guided by a clear strategy, and soulfully grown. Hello, folks. Welcome to this week's episode of the Beautiful Business Podcast. My name is Yuan Sang, part of the Beautiful Business team. And in this episode, I was joined by Jen Swain. Jen is currently the Managing Director at Beat Freaks. And has previously run her own business, focusing on coaching and consulting to empower female leaders. Prior to that, she has been in the software and creative agency world for more than 12 years, most recently as operations director for a global tech for good agency. Jen's work at Beat Freaks taps into her passion to platform the next generation so they can help clients shape a better future. Beat Freaks is a youthful and creative, insight-led engagement agency specializing in scaling brand relevance for clients through young and diverse audiences between 16 and 35. The services span research and insight, consultancy, and activations. Through their work, they build agile communities of 16 to 35 year olds to understand them as citizens, consumers, and workers for the likes of Coca-Cola, Google, TikTok, and DCMS, amongst others. They have packaged up their knowledge of these audiences into an insights platform called National Youth Trends, which has recently been launched and tells you the mood of now so you can predict the trends of tomorrow. I really enjoyed this interview with Jen. There's some super interesting things in there about engaging Gen Z. Hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Let's talk about how businesses should be thinking about insights and engagement. Insight and engagement are two words that either make you really excited or they'll make you kind of sigh. Well, you know, here we go again. So tell us why you folks at Beat Freaks are firmly camped in that form and why you think business leaders should be as well. Why should they pay attention to and get better insight and engagement?
1: It's a strong question, Ewan. So, well, ultimately, as I mentioned before, we specialize in that kind of 16 to 35 age range. And one of the main things that gets me so excited about working in the insight space with particularly that audience is that insight around what their ideas are, their creativity and their innovation. Because, you know, we know that they're setting trends and they're creating trends and essentially they're telling us what's coming down the tracks. So for me, that's one of the really exciting parts of what we get to do at Beat Freaks. But the reason that insight and engagement as a package of work is really important is because it's what taps you into what's going on in the world around you and the mood of the people that you want to be speaking to. And, you know, ultimately our belief is that any great strategy or planning and execution, the precursor to that has got to be insight. Otherwise, you know, you mentioned group think earlier, you know, where are those decisions and where is that direction coming from if it's not coming from the people who are ultimately going to receive or consume that product or service. So yeah, that's why for me, the work that we do is really, really important right now.
0: Indeed, right. And I like that kind of right now a bit, because, you know, we're going, it's like any state of change, right? When things aren't, you can't just follow the norm, as it were. And there are kind of changes coming down the road. And I guess that's the leads me on the next question, I suppose. I mean, personally, with the work that we do, massive fans of data driven decision making, but there are some times when you don't have all the data that you need. And I guess that's where insight and engagement comes in. I mean, how do you see with the work that you've done, before, how insight and engagement comes in to help make those informed decisions?
1: I guess a bit of a plug here. So we are releasing a product in January called National Youth Trends. And essentially what that does is taps into the mood of now across 16 to 35s across the UK. And the great thing about that product is that it's exploiting the gaps in that data. So where we don't have a full picture or where there's been a piece of research that's already been done, but we know that there are some voices in there who are maybe underrepresented or who haven't been asked, we get to do the insight into those gaps and then report on that. And it's an incredibly powerful piece of work that we're doing because ultimately that insight stuff is allowing the deeper dive into those kind of pockets of society or demographics that ultimately you need to see the full picture. And we love our stats. We love our quantitative research at Beat Freaks too, but you know, what really gets us excited is understanding the context behind the numbers. So to me, that's really why the insight piece makes such a powerful addition to any sort of quantitative work you might be doing as well.
0: Yeah, 100%. I guess there must be countless examples of where decisions have been made just on the kind of raw data alone rather than the story behind the data. And I guess what I'm getting from you is that in order for business leaders to make decisions, better informed decisions, they kind of need the pieces in between.
1: The data is going to give you the what, right? It's going to tell you what people think and how many people think it, but it's not going to tell you why. And so that contextualizing piece is really possibly one of the most key parts to have in terms of decision making. And I think it was um, Jeff Bezos who said relatively recently something around the data is great. But actually, when you look at some of the quotes and the insights, that's the gold. That's the stuff that's really telling you what's going on. And that's exactly the space that we play in.
0: Fantastic. And I guess from a client perspective, then for the people that you do the work, undertake the work for, for example, what do you advise to business leaders to encourage them to build that kind of insight into the way that they work? Because much like anything, it feels like there's a bit of a behavioral shift that needs to happen if you don't currently look at insight and engagement, if you are just looking at raw data and then thinking, well, that didn't work out the way we thought it was. There has to be a bit of a shift around. And certainly speaking of somebody who's very used to working in that world of spreadsheets and numbers, what can you do? What could somebody like me do to try and move more towards that kind of insight piece and thinking more about insight? What changes could we make?
1: It's a really tough one, actually. And I think part of that is because it comes from usually quite a cultural place from an organisation point of view. You know, not everyone is open to the expansive thinking parts of what research and insight can unlock. So I think there's a few aspects. I think there's the cultural piece, which is, do your leadership value that kind of information and are there ways that they could? So being presented with, let's say, a top level spreadsheet that shows them these great numbers. What value do you think they would get from having some contextualised insight that sits alongside to build a bigger picture? I think some of the other parts are around speed because your access to numbers and data can be lightning fast in this current age and you know with the internet at our fingertips we can all do a lot more than we used to be able to but I think taking the opportunity to maybe slow down and do that insight piece properly first to inform your strategy and your planning is there the appetite to do that and I think you know those are the two sort of key areas where I think there needs to probably be a bit of shift in order to accommodate that more sort of data and insight driven decision making
0: that is really interesting. You absolutely. Right. I remember doing a presentation about how the world has changed, and you look at the two pictures I used to use was of the stock markets, and you'd see like the old one where on the phones, and then nowadays it's just big screens and just tapping in front of a computer, and just how transactions happen so quickly because they can. But the way that you just spoke there about the need to slow things down sometimes to really understand the context of the data that's coming through and the insights and those anecdotes, it comes back to many senses, the humanity of it, the human elements of it, which can't be told in bar charts and graphs and things like that. As you say, the stories that kind of come through behind the numbers.
1: That's it. Thinking back to a piece of research we did probably a year or so ago now, where we looked at across Gen Z, people's dietary and eating habits, and it really sort of showed how many of Gen Z are vegan compared to meat eaters, vegetarians, et cetera. And uh, we were having a conversation with this sort of big blue chip food manufacturer at the time they were completely blown away. They thought all of Gen Z were vegan. So to be able to see that number and to see that sort of surprising stat but then also understand the behaviors that sit alongside that. So you know, okay, if this proportion of people are vegan, what's leading them to make that decision and lifestyle choice and what are their purchasing habits going to be because of that? That together is a really really powerful set of information that somebody can then action and think about in terms of new product development and pricing strategies and pieces. So yeah, exactly to your point.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. And that's a really brilliant kind of real world example, I suppose, in terms of not only the numbers, but what are the insights that come off the back of it. I'm not sure if it's going to be relevant or not, but I remember speaking with somebody about who worked in supermarket supply, I think there was, and it was just how there are so many interdependencies that you need to look at beyond. So during the summertime, if disposable barbecues, which are obviously horrible, but if they sold out, then they knew that they had to order more BAPs because they knew that people were going to be ordering and things like this. And I suppose there's going to be, as you say, the stories behind the data, which is going to be absolutely... could be. Game-changing for brands, for big businesses, if they can understand, they can almost kind of predict the different trends that are coming through based on the data of now, as, as they quite nicely kind of put it. So I just want to kind of round off. We mentioned it a couple of times there, but one thing that came through from when we spoke previously, Jen, was about challenging the norms and speaking about real kind of insight i just wanted to delve a little bit deeper i know you've spoken a bit about it already but just looking at you know what is actually behind the number and to your mind why it's so powerful for businesses and leaders to look beyond you know the number of data and to truly look at insights
1: if we think about that great phrase that we've all heard at some point in our lives of we've always done it this way you know i think that's so dangerous when it comes to operating now because of the pace of change because we all need to be interrogating our assumptions and our biases by actually working with the people who have the real lived experiences that you as an organization or a brand need to know about you're going to be getting better insight. You're going to be therefore getting better products and you're going to be building more empathy into how you're designing, developing, you know, whether that's somebody who's running a global HR team or whether it's designing a tech product or a trainer brand wanting to understand why people aren't buying as many of their trainers. It can be so key to answering so many questions and really giving you direction in terms of where to step next. So really for me, that's why it's a really powerful thing to do. And I think In terms of challenging the norms, you know, research and insight isn't a new thing, but I think in terms of how we particularly do it, our flavor of it at Beat Freaks is that coming back to your point, you know, that I've been quoted as saying the future of insight is human because ultimately we need to hear more from the people who are on the end of our services, on the end of our products, on the end of our brands, consuming them and living with them and, you know, working in these organizations in order to truly understand what they think and then tailor our offerings and our services towards that. Because ultimately, that is continuous improvement right there. And I think that's where insight can play a really, really valuable part.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. And it's really interesting how it ties back to Gen Z and the work that you guys have done with that kind of generation and the insights that you pull up from our previous conversations talking about how Gen Z will have the greatest disposable income. They're going to represent 30% of the workforce pretty soon. Getting that kind of insight just seems so critical for most brands and businesses these days be it from a consumer perspective or indeed from an employer's perspective so understanding the data and understanding what's behind that data becomes all the more important absolutely agree yeah i guess just kind of finish it off then i suppose a bonus question i suppose that comes off this is what's been one of the most interesting projects that you've worked on at beat freaks when it comes to insight and engagement which one kind of stands out in your mind and why
1: That's a really tricky question. First of all, because I know so many amazing projects that we've done, but having been with the organisation since July, I think one of the standout pieces for me is one of the ones that we're working on at the moment, actually. We're doing an amazing piece of work with Aston Villa women's football team. This has kind of come out of us funnily enough, doing exactly the process that we've just talked about, which is some insight-led strategy. So we went out and spoke to a bunch of people around Aston and the local area to find out what would get them more engaged in the women's game. That has therefore informed Villa's strategy for how they do that outreach and engagement with the community that they already have. And off the back of that, we've been able to do a brilliant campaign, which is all user-generated content. So we've recruited some great young content creators. They've been invited to a kind of behind-the-scenes experience, Aston Villa, watching a women's game and then kind of reporting back about it in order to get some hopefully future engagement for one of their upcoming games as well. So, you know, it really does show the power of starting from a place of insight, building it into strategy, and then using some of the insights to essentially develop a content campaign that can do that amazing activation
0: piece towards the end. That sounds absolutely brilliant. And it's the passion. I
1: get to go to the game, actually. But,
0: yeah. I bet. I bet. And the passion that you just used to kind of put that across as well. It sounds incredible. And I love the fact they have engaged with younger content writers who I guess are aligned with the target market and trying to reach as well. So you get that connection coming through.
1: The brilliant thing about a couple of ways that we work. So first of all, the young creators, and we call them young disruptors because we know that they're disrupting the world for the better. We always make sure that we give them access to influence, creativity, and we reward them for their time too. So we believe that those things combined get them access to power and hopefully it means that they can shape the world for the better. And then the other piece of it is exactly what you just spoke to. So the user-generated content is, again, not a new thing. We're actually seeing a load of brands taking that up of late, to name a couple, Lush, Clark, are doing it really well. But the concept of it is that you are inviting people who perhaps aren't your traditional audience to create content on behalf of your brand and post it through their own social media platforms and channels in order to resonate with people who would see their content as authentic. And it's that authentic word that's really important there. So yeah, user-generated content campaigns is a real part of our service suite and we're seeing loads of value in it for brand awareness.
0: That's interesting. That bit around the way that you engage with these content creators, with these young disruptors, as you kind of put through. It says to me, you're kind of achieving that balance that we talked about earlier around giving them work that they enjoy, that they kind of see and feel part of, that kind of goes beyond. And I very much noticed that you mentioned kind of rewarded them almost as a last thing. And I assume, you know, that might be through remuneration or might be through, you know, privileges or bonus, whatever it might be. But It's almost kind of the engagement that they have with doing the work, which is what leads on it. And it certainly sounds like um, a project that has really kind of sparked a flame in you.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's great to see the team kind of galvanized around something. And as you say, that is our purpose, really. You know, our whole reason for being is to help young people get their fair share of power and bringing them into the work that we do and spotlighting them. So they're front and center is super key to that.
0: Fabulous. Yeah, your workforce is going to be the one to be envious of in a few years' time if you're building this level of engagement so early on in their careers. It's going to be um yeah, really exciting. Oh thank you. Already. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you so much, Jen Swain from Beat Freaks, for taking the time to interview and sharing your advice, insights, and experience. Thank you for joining us for this week's Beautiful Business Podcast. Beautiful Business is a community for leaders who believe there's a better way to do business. Join us next time for more interesting discussions on how businesses can bring about change, helping communities, building a fairer society and safeguarding the planet. You can also join in the discussion at www.beautifulbusiness.uk.